Welcome to another great episode of Mission Compliance, Unleashing Growth Potential for Defense Contractors. In today's episode, we're tackling physical security. More specifically, physical security and what it means when it comes to NIST SP-80171. Most people think NIST SP-80171 is all about IT, but the reality is that can't be farther from the truth. Today, we're going to dive in into questions from NIST SP-80171, Control Family 3.10, which is all about physical security, and we'll be exploring its real-world applications and, and how it can help your company and what's required for compliance. Boy, that's a mouthful. So whether you're a defense contractor aiming to win aiming to win more contracts or just wanting to learn more about this compliance stuff, this episode is perfect for you. Let's go. We're joined once again today by Mike Frieder, President of On-Call Compliance Solutions and a CMMC Professional Assessor. So Mike, this week we're talking about physical security as we mentioned, and so let's jump right into that. What are the critical components of, of physical security in the context of NIST SP-800-171, Control Family 3.10, and, and how do they contribute to the overall cybersecurity resilience? Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a good topic and such a great question, Roman. So I really appreciate you kind of you know bringing this to the forefront. You know, there is this really big misconception about NIST SP 800 This is an IT problem, and it's not. It's it's not an IT problem at all. In fact, they don't even really refer to this as a cybersecurity standard. This is what is called an information security standard, and therefore it must address more than just the IT, which I think makes it quite interesting. Um, the 3.10 control family is just mission critical to making sure that you can adequately protect controlled unclassified information or anything else you're trying to protect because of the standard. Uh, so, you know, when it, when it boils down to it, what are the critical components of it? Well, they're not IT related. I mean, generally speaking, they're not IT related. Um, one is, you know, you have to monitor and protect the physical facility. And generally speaking, you can't do that without a camera system. I walk into so many facilities across the country who have CUI out on the shop floors, who have CUI everywhere in the offices. Uh, and the reality is they have no actual knowledge, control, or understanding of who is coming in and out of that building, which is so dangerous. Uh, and so I think a camera system is one of the many critical components to physical security. Uh, obviously, there's you know not just door locks, but a lot of times physical fob systems or access control, or lately it's been bio, biologics, uh, bio locks and things like that. Uh, but one way or another, you also have to physically control the premise. You have to be able to make it so that, you know, non-authorized users can't just come in or at least come into those areas designated for use with CUI. So that's another issue is the actual sort of lock and key of the place. How do you control physical access? Um, I'll tell you a really quick story. We were at a campus that had about three, 4,000 people on it, and they only worked with CUI in a couple of the rooms. And uh, they said, well, you know, we don't want to have to train all three or 4,000 people on our campus. That's really, that's really ridiculous. And I said, well, here's the problem. All three or 4,000 people on this campus can move freely and they can come right into this room where, the, where this military work is going on. It's unacceptable. They either have to be trained on how to handle it and be made aware that it's here or you need to access restrict the room. And they said, well, it's, you know, it's $10,000 a door or whatever it is to put in a gate, you know, an access system. I said, well, you know, if you want to continue doing defense work and you don't want to spend the man hours to train 4,000 people, I guess you're putting in, you know, a key fob system on these doors. 
And I think it just really speaks to um, how important it is to understand what it is you're dealing with. If that CUI has to be left alone and isn't going to be escorted or, or, or physically protected by a human, then the reality is, is that area needs to be somehow sequestered or somehow locked down. Um, so I think that's another really strong consideration right there with the camera system is who has physical access to the CUI? And if that's everybody, everybody's got to be trained, period. Everybody's got to be an authorized user. And, you know, in some circumstances, that just won't work. Uh, particularly when there's large amounts of people in and out of the building. Um, another aspect is, uh, and this is one of my favorite, favorite ones. You know, we talk about warehouses and manufacturing facilities uh, that have these lift gates or these sort of giant bay doors, and they're left open during seasons of good weather. Um, you know, uh, hey, you think maybe that's no big deal, but the reality is, is that that's a big giant gaping hole in your building, and it certainly isn't secure. And so you've, you've got to be able to protect that. And, you know, we created a way of doing that. We didn't create the way, but we sort of created a way of solving that control, which is considered acceptable, which is you can use a scissor gate, right? You can still have the door open so you can get the airflow, daylight, et cetera. That's another issue. Some of these places just don't have windows. So they open up the doors just so they can see to the outside and you have a little bit of natural light. Okay, fine. You've still got to make it so someone can't just come walking into that facility, which is a great challenge. So there's a lot of challenges when it comes to physical facility, but most importantly, the big, big challenge is what people are used to doing or the status quo. And that's going to have to change. If you're getting into defense work or if you've been here for a while, but you've never had to comply with NIST SP 101 prior to 2017, the reality is, is that you're going to need to do this. You're going to need to control how people come and go from your building, cameras to monitor that. Uh, you're also going to have to have logs at all of the all of the entrances where a guest may potentially come in, or where you have an open door. So a lot of our clients put uh, visitor logs into the lobby, and that's another thing that I think really has to be you know sort of implemented is you need to have a visitor log, you need to know why they're there, and then that visitor must be assigned an escort because again we have another rule elsewhere in NIST SP 10171 which is that. Uh, people who are visitors must be escorted at all times. The time to properly escort uh, that visitor is going to be when that visitor is entering the building and they are logging in, or in other words, literally physically logging in uh, via a visitor log. So I think visitor logs are extremely, extremely important. Uh, and then I think the other aspect is individually controlled access. So when it comes to uh, sensitive security areas, great example is the server room. Okay. Almost every business has a server room uh, where the CUI is stored on those servers uh, digitally, or maybe it's your internet connection. One way or another, that room has to have access control. Now, access control can be as simple as just a different key that only the IT and maybe the executive director have or whoever's important, but it can also be something much more complicated, like where, where that room is placed in the building, you know, do you have biometric locks? You need to be able to know what individuals are going in and accessing CUI or even devices that hold CUI. You've got to have a grip on that. You've got to have some kind of mechanism that you can describe in a system security plan for that. So um, those are, you know, those are sort of the basics. And then I think the final thought that I have is on training. Your people need to be trained and aware to recognize and call out anomalous activity. In other words, if you've got a strange person in the building, they need to show some ID or they need to basically tell you who they are. I can't count the number of facilities that we've been at where there are people that are not in uniform, that are walking around, 
and nobody knows who they are. It's really peculiar. And who do you really think those people are? I mean, well, they could be homeless, but that's probably not what, you know, they're probably a little too neat for that. They could also be an unauthorized user, and God only knows why they, why they are in that facility. Hopefully not to steal some secrets, right? But I think all of that is super, super relevant. So um, I think in terms of components, you know, that that's that's a really good baseline for physical security. There's obviously more that we look for. We look for things like, gosh, you know, we look and see, hey, is there scrap? You know, how do you deal with scrap if you're a manufacturer, right? If something doesn't pass quality checks, are you destroying that part? Are you melting it? Uh, or do you throw it away whole with a serial number on it or a part number on it so somebody could potentially recreate that or come pretty close? Uh, those are all very, very real considerations when it comes to physical security. But that's a that's a good starting answer, I think. You know, as as we mentioned, this this is part of uh, the 3.10 control family, and we will get there on on our journey with each control. But we are dozens and dozens of episodes from there. So by the time you get by the time we get there, you'll forget this episode even existed. But we wanted to 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 bring it to your attention now because it's that important. So with that being said. How does the physical security landscape evolve with advancements in technology, and what challenges and opportunities does this present for organizations implementing NIST SP-80171 controls? That's a great question. You know, there's been so many innovations in physical security, um, and I'll just name off a few, but ultimately the great news is, is it makes it easier to implement NIST. Um, and, and, you know, to speak to what you just mentioned, fully recognize we're like 10 control families away from physical security. Uh, we just had some some incidents with a client that uh, I, I can't talk about on air, but I thought to myself, man, you know, I think a lot of the IT requirements are pretty well talked about out there in the marketplace. But I, I tell you what is not talked about in the marketplace is the physical security. I feel like it's really overlooked. Um, and so as a result, we, we kind of want to say, let's come to market early with this discussion. Let's talk about physical security a little bit early because... I really feel like a lot of people don't do a very good job of addressing physical security when they're talking about the NIST controls. And so as a result, we really like to, uh, you know, kind of emphasize and give it proper weight, you know, versus what the compliance standard does. And I just generally think it's one of the easier ones to shore up. Uh, and in some cases, it could take some time uh, if you don't have the right physical safeguards. in. so I thought it'd be good to kind of address this early as well. And again, it's a, it's a really great topic for a refresher. Absolutely. Um, you know, security and cybersecurity and technology is always advancing. So physical security needs to advance as well. Um, you know, when, when when we talk about physical security, I think about an actual large couple of large men standing at a door. And uh, and uh, this this was going to be my silly question when I when we first started talking about this episode, but I but 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 I didn't even I'm not even going to do it. I just want to mention it because it's funny. Um, one of my favorite shows is Home Improvement, and I I was watching an episode last night where where Tim, of course, Tim the Toolman Taylor hurt himself on the job site. He had to go to the hospital, and he kept trying to break out of the hospital. Um, to go do other things and and at the very end of the episode he he tries to break out of the hospital again and just as he tries to get out of the bed one of the largest men i've ever seen just steps into the doorway and he's like you know what i'm good and so that's 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 what i think about when i think about physical security is one of the largest men ever just blocking the doorway so no so no threats can get in but uh <laughs> 
but can you share you've already done this a little bit can but can you share a real world example where a lack of emphasis on physical security has had significant consequences for an organization's cybersecurity and what lessons can be can other businesses learn from it yeah absolutely and and just to kind of go back and and make sure i do a thorough job of answering the second question which is how is how has it evolved uh, there's been incredible evolution in security that makes it a lot easier for defense contractors to do this themselves. Um, one example is that you can go to Amazon right now and purchase a key fob system with a 10,000 pound door magnet. Those used to not be for sale to the public. They used to only be for sale to security companies. Now you can actually install that yourself, uh, or you can at least purchase the system and the systems are very cheap. I mean, you're talking about a thousand dollars or less some cases, you know, up to $1,200, $1,500 for really fancy and large systems, but you can get a door lock system like that for your small to mid-sized uh, business for not very much money. Um, you can also, uh, you know, install biometric locks. You can install combination locks with automatic locking sensors and things like that. These are all things that are now available uh, that are just great. The Ring doorbell is an incredible innovation. Uh, Simply Safe, we're huge fans of that because it's just, it allows you to do a camera system yourself. It works off your standard network uh, and it will allow you to adequately monitor a facility. There's so many new innovations in security that allow you to do it yourself that it's just so much easier to comply with this. Um, and yet a lot of people don't do it. And so that's one of the reasons we want to bring some awareness is we think it's just so important for people to understand that they've got to have these things in place. Um, another one is smart keys. So they now make smart keys where you can actually use a, a person's phone as the smart key to the lock, making it individually identifiable. And in fact, with multi-factor authentication, physically uh, you know, identi identifiable. Uh, and that's a really incredible thing too, because now you've really got good security. Uh, if somebody doesn't have their phone on them, they can't get in the office or get into the server room. And I think that's a really brilliant solution as well. Now, we're talking about real world examples. Um, I have some real fun stories and I have to be very careful because again, we're always under non-disclosure non confidentiality statements. But I remember years and years ago, we were actually at a facility and we were kind of walking the facility doing the walk. And I said, hey, you need tinted windows. And they said, we don't need tinted windows. You can't see anything that's going on there. I said, yes, you can. And I said, I'll prove it. Uh, I took them outside of that window to that parking lot. And I said, how many cameras do you think are pointed at your facility right now, right through this window. And they said, none, what are you talking about? I said, every backup camera of every car has the capability to record these days and have somebody sitting in their car that just backed up to the facility and is literally videotaping your entire quality inspection room, which has blueprints of some very sensitive parts. Sure enough, somebody overhears that conversation and freaks out and, and like peels out of the parking lot, like right in front of us. And I go, what employee was that? Who, do you know that person? And the answer was no. And, you know, we don't have any answers on whether or not that was, you know, some kind of a, a spy or something crazy like that. But just that sheer incident is pretty, pretty wild. Um, it, it happened right in front of you. That's literally like something out of a, like, like an episode of NCIS. Like it was just the timing of it is just unbelievable. Yeah, I'll tell you another story. We were walking around another facility and there was a random device zip tied to a tree just outside the window of the facility. And I asked the executive director, I said, what's this? And I looked at the bottom of it. I said, dude, there's a network port on this thing. Uh, this is an internet connected device and it had an antenna on it. So I knew it was wireless. And 
he didn't know what it was. Nobody in the building knew what it was. And I look at my phone and I go, look, this thing's broadcasting as a wireless access point. It's zip tied to a tree. It's broadcasting as a wireless access point. It's crazy. And so I, I didn't connect to the access point. We ultimately basically disabled the device. I won't go into detail. But the reality is, is that that device could have been something sitting on their network outside the building. Somebody could, you know, could have been doing data recording. We just don't know. And I think that's another problem is, is that a lot of times with internet connected devices, you really don't know what they're doing. Um, and I, I probably, you know, there's numerous cases of us basically walking into larger warehouses and finding homeless people. Um, and there's, there's also tons and tons of stories about, uh, you know, we've had consultants that have, you know, talked to people about physical security. Yeah, yeah, everything's in place. Here's, here's what it is. They come for day two and our guys just walk right in the giant bay door in the back. Just walk right in, hang out, go explore the building. Nobody's asking who we are. We are, you know, we're just kind of playing it cool. And the reality is, is that you can walk into a lot of places these days. That's really, it's, it's very interesting. So um, numerous, numerous examples. And then of course there's, I mean, more theft examples than I can count that I've been told about. Situations where someone has been stolen from and they have no cameras to actually go back and figure out who it was. Well, if you have defense information that gets stolen from you, uh, it's it's a complete it's a complete mess. DoD gets involved. They want to know what you had. Uh, they, they're going to directly ask you why were you not following NIST. It's a mess. It's a huge huge mess. And believe me, if you're a defense contractor, you may not think of yourself as a high value target, but I'm sure you've got valuable stuff that people would just love to steal, even if they don't even know what it is. Uh, and so I think for that reason alone, you've just really got to do what's in NIST SP 171 to properly secure yourself. So uh, lots and lots of real world examples there. Uh, and again, it's the, the strange thing to me is physical security really is extremely important and a lot of people overlook it. Man, I, I still can't get over the, the fact that the car peeled out right as you were talking about it. That's, that's insane to me. Like I, I would, I, I would look around in that moment and and wonder if I was in some sort of Truman Show situation, like the whole thing is 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 on TV or something, because the timing of that is just it's it it doesn't feel real. That's a that's a, that's crazy. Yeah, I'll tell you, almost every consultation we go in, there are security issues, and it's yeah, I'm not saying it's anybody's fault, but because they've never had a standard like this to look at, but there's always something that we find, and sometimes it's really peculiar, but that's the kind of thing that we actually see more often than you would think. You know, if you go to places like the Brooklyn Navy Yard and you go to places like, you know, the Hampton Roads uh, in, in Norfolk, Virginia Beach type areas where there's tons and tons and tons of military, those guys are pulling out an outsider, you know, a spy almost every day. I mean, it's just, it's no joke. And, and by the way, we do the same thing in other countries, right? Like we constantly have people spying for us and trying to learn what intel they can. And these things happen all the time. Wow. That is something else. Um, this would seem really, really unusual. Yeah, that is that is something else. So on that, honestly, so that kind of stuff sounds like a job for a superhero, which leads me to our favorite part of the podcast, which is the silly question. And we love superheroes 
on this podcast. I've I've lost count of the amount of times I've seen the original Avengers movie or all three Captain America movies. Or there's a there's a shield on the wall behind Mike there uh, that that on call made to look that looks a lot like that looks a lot like Captain America shield. I what what, what, what is that a letter opener? What, what what am I looking at? Yeah, you know, I'm like trying to point at it with the the keeps disappearing behind me. Totally real wall that is behind you um but also i, I have, have a, a dagger with me everywhere i go but yeah. also i have a superman figurine on my desk so it's like we love superheroes here we've we've had several superhero related silly questions and today is no different so if nist sp 800 were a superhero and physical security it's its sidekick what what would their dynamic duo name be and what quirky superpowers would they possess to protect the, the cybersecurity realm? Oh man, this is uh, uh this is a, this is a good one, Roman. You got me on this one. I uh, I did not do any advanced thinking, or did I? Nor did I see this question in advance. Uh, physical security and what it means. Uh, let's see here. Um, it was a superhero, which I which uh, okay. The physical security is a sidekick. Um, let's see here. Uh. Man, I don't know. Well, you know, the kids they have they have their Paw Patrol, so <laughs> so maybe maybe between NIST and Physical Security, it would just be the Information Security Patrol, which is super lame. I just don't have a better answer right now. My, my thought is, I was thinking either if, if it's a team of people instead of just a duo, my it would be like the Cybersecurity Squadron, or or if we go, you know, at on call, we've talked about. Um, captain compliance before and that kind of thing it's like it could be it could be uh captain compliance in the cybersecurity squadron or 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 captain compliance and cyberman it kind of that's that's i tell you what we should do you know what so i i happen to love italian sports cars and you you know i think (laughs) that uh there's you know so the word squad or team in italian is squadra uh, and so, uh, also one of my favorite brands, Lamborghini, happens to uh, have the, a, a car called the Squadra Corsa, which is a really cool uh, select. Um, uh, it's a it's a Lamborghini Gallardo that they only made a couple of, like 50 of them. Uh, and I, I've been watching some videos on that lately. So maybe we would call this the Squadra Securio. <laughs> okay. Squadra, Squadra um, Security. You, there you go. You know, I think. I think we need to do a follow-up to the getting to know you podcast where where we just get you on here and you you just talk about italian sports cars and race cars and like just 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 go for it oh man yeah there you go one of these days if it was only relevant hey you know what i tell you what if you're listening to this podcast and you'd love to see that uh you know hit us with a comment or you know like the video or something and uh you know, we can have uh, a little bit of fun, a little bit of fun with that if, if the audience is into it. Who doesn't love, who doesn't love a good Italian sports I mean, car? absolutely. Just the other day, you, you, you know, I sent you a, I sent you a picture of a, I believe it was a Lotus and we were like, oh man, look at this thing. So it was like, yeah, we're, we, we talk about cars here. It's what we do. And we talk about cars and superheroes. And, and so that all the more reason why it's perfect that the name that you came up with combines cars and superheroes. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that would be uh I, I think uh squadron security, that would be that would be our jam. <laughs> All right. And that wraps up another great episode of Mission Compliance. We hope our discussion today has provided you with valuable insights, practical strategies, and inspiration to navigate the ever-evolving world of defense. 
We'd like to thank Mike for giving us a great set of information and rules on physical security and the importance of not overlooking that when you're talking about security because we often think about cybersecurity but sometimes overlook the actual physical premise that your organization is inside. But the, so thanks Mike for bringing that to our attention. Always a, always a pleasure. Yeah, I love doing it. But the conversation doesn't end here. We encourage you to continue exploring these topics and connect with us on our social media channels. Share your thoughts, ask questions, and engage with fellow listeners using the hashtag Mission Compliance Podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms so you always know when new episodes like this one and maybe that part two where Mike talks about uh, sports cars are released. And we truly appreciate it if you could rate and review the show. Your feedback helps us to continue to bring you thought-provoking episodes and high-quality content. Join us next time as we delve further into the dynamic world of defense, security, and industry innovation. Until then, take care, stay informed, and make compliance your mission. See you next time. Thanks, everybody.